Hello and welcome to the Parental Recovery Podcast, featuring your hosts Matthew and Claudia Whitaker. Welcome back. I'm Claudia. And I'm Matthew. And we're stoked to have you guys here. We're going to be talking about how we do our holidays as a blended family and how we keep the joy and the magic alive um, when we have split houses. The thing about holidays and blended families is that there's sometimes a lot of moving parts and a lot of um, things that we try to do as a family and we all try to do together. Um, but there's times where we're not all together. So we have learned how to navigate through the holidays of when we are all here in the family together. And then the times when my, our older two are not with us. So that's some of the things that we've had to think about or plan for is the FOMO for some of our kids. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) When, yeah. when we go to look at Christmas lights or go Christmas shopping or ice skating or whatever we choose to do around the holidays, um, we used to factor in a lot of times uh, whether our kids would be here or not and whether they were, we were going to do it all as a family or do we wait, do we not wait, and just over time we've had to just figure that sort of stuff out. Yeah, it's definitely evolved a lot um, over time. I mean, when we first joined our families together, there was a lot of um, going and and not and choosing not to do things because you know certain kids were quote unquote missing from the house, um, and that ended up biting us in the butt because the you know the child who was still home uh, felt like oh well, I, we we don't get to do that because they're not here, and then it just kind of feels like we're always waiting around for the family to feel complete, um, when in reality our family is. Is complete no matter who's in the house and that's really important for us to to share and to make sure that that sentiment is all the way across um, to all the kids that are in the house um, yeah our, our middle I guess we have two middles now there's four <laughs> but Cruz when he was here if he was home and the boys went to their mom's house you know, the boys would be doing something fun, and then we would think, well, we got to wait for them. It's not going to be fair for them if we go and do this fun thing without them. But when they came home, they already did fun stuff. Yeah. So then Cruz was the one that felt like he got left out, even though, you know, there was really no way for him to go over there. So it's it's definitely been a challenge. I mean, that only lasted a few, I don't know, a couple years maybe. And then we realized, and thank God Cruz is a very vocal kid, and he was just like, I don't really think that that's fair. Like, oh, how come they got to do that? It's like, you know what, you're right. That's actually a really solid point. Um, I never want him to feel like the family isn't complete when the other kids are here, because it is. That's just, it's a different, it's a different family, I guess. We're all a family, but somehow it's different. I don't know. Um, We have just our biological kids here. Um... You know, they're obviously going to miss their brothers, but we don't want them to feel like they're missing something because they're not here. Yeah, and it's as time goes on and in a blended family, custody changes, thing, you know, mm-hmm. things are always changing. If they're not, then <laughs> good for you, but at least yeah, in right. our, our experience, uh, seemed almost year to year things would change. Um, 
So we had them like a weird, the older two on a super weird schedule when we first got together. Day yeah. here, day, day there. So, you know, it wouldn't be too long of waiting. And then it evolved into a week on, week off schedule. So there would be a lot of waiting. Like, what, are yeah. we going to wait around a whole week for something to come back to do yeah. stuff? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So Luckily, we when we were on that schedule, we had already gotten past that, thank God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so we would just, we were already doing our own thing when they weren't here. But that was something that, like, we had to figure out like we had to take into account feelings of our kids and like our own beliefs and um thoughts about it like what are what are we doing why are we not doing this why are we doing this like having those conversations between the two of us yeah um and and even the kids who weren't here because for example our older two boys you know let's say they went to their mom's house and they did you know something quote-unquote fun and we did something fun here too Yes, they went and they did something fun, but sometimes they'd come home and they'd be bummed that they didn't do the fun thing with us. And we had to really explain to, at first we only explained it to the one that was still home. Like, you know what, you're right. We're still going to do fun stuff. Like, they're they're doing fun stuff with their mom. We don't need to wait around. We're still a family. Let's go do the fun stuff. And I remember having to have that conversation with the boys who were at their mom's house when they came home because they were sometimes bummed. Like, they wanted to do the, the fun thing. And had it, having to explain to them, like, look, honey, our our fam, we're still a family when you guys aren't here. Like, we, our life still goes on when you're not here, and that's really important for us to continue to do the things that we normally do. It wouldn't be very fair for us to always be waiting for you guys, right? And you know, they agreed, and and luckily, you guys are doing fun things with your mom. So, you know, and it really doesn't matter what they're doing. Like, even if your kid goes to another parent's house and they're sitting at home the whole weekend. Just because they're not doing a fun thing doesn't mean that, like, you should still wait for them, you know? I think it's important for the kids who are at home, who are left at home or left behind or however it is that you want to see it, that are not leaving the house during that time to know that, like, the family still functions, the family is still doing all the things. Um, because it, it really gives that sense of stability. Because I wouldn't want my son to feel like his life is uprooted every time there's a change with the other kids' lives or their parenting schedule or custody schedule or anything like that so we really took it into account and, and it comes into play so much around the holidays because there are so many family activities that we go through and and we attend um that we want all the kids to participate in it's beautiful to have the whole family but you know sometimes it's just not possible and that's okay and also not feeling the I don't know, it's almost like the mom guilt or the parent guilt or shame of posting pictures of your family when it's not the whole thing. So I remember sometimes I'd be like, oh, I feel bad, like, it's just the four of us and, like, just, oh, and then because people are going to wonder, where are the other kids? Like, obviously, they're at their other parents' house. <laughs> um, we and... told them to step away and <laughs> get out of the picture. <laughs> or if we did have them all, like, oh, that now, you know, they're here. And, you know, we've never been um, the type to, like, post every single thing we do on the Internet. But, you know, when you're in a blended family, there's just a lot of thoughts and questions like, oh, that's so cute. What a cute picture. Where's Julian and Jacob? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I guess some people are just nosy. But I remember just feeling that, like, sense of, like, I don't know, just a little tinge of, like, oh, they're not here. Like, should I not post it because it's not the full family? Like, no, fuck it. This is my family no matter <laughs> who is here, you know. 
like you know we sometimes still do stuff when you're at work like we're not always waiting for you to come home before we can do something oh, as a family shit. you, you know? waited for me to come home you guys would never do anything <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily right now but I mean, yeah my schedule's sure. up and down and hectic and can be long hours and that's yeah go ahead i mean you obviously ask like hey do you care if we go do this without you nope live your life have fun yeah like if that's a maturity of an adult just, <laughs> kids just don't have that no but i mean it's it's interesting you say like posting pictures of like our life on the internet social media i like, guess it's for family and friends to see what we're doing but even in real life every time we go somewhere and they're not with us people ask where are they like yeah that's so true be- because they probably already know the answer or, the, or they'll even answer the question as they ask it oh where are the other two at their mom's house Yes. Like, yeah. But they know. I mean, obviously, they know us. We show up, and usually we show up fully, like all of us. So when they don't see them, it's kind of like a, oh. That's weird. Yeah. Especially now because we have them all the time. All the time. So yeah. they're not, like, it's funny because I feel like now that you're saying that, I'm thinking of, like, okay, when has that happened? And a lot of times now it's like, oh, where's, where are the boys? Or where's, if one's missing, they're just like, oh, he's at band hall. Like, it's like not even at their mom's house anymore because <laughs> the answer isn't that anymore because they're usually here. But oh my gosh. That's that's also like, it's because we go and we do a lot of stuff. We show up for things, for our family, for, you know, that's just mm-hmm. we roll deep with our own six plus usually the brothers and sisters. And, you know, we show up for yes ourselves because we want to be there but you know it's just yeah it's just part of our family it's just what we do yeah yeah and christmas and i mean this time of the year there's there's so much and you know that was one of the big things that we implemented and that's very specific to like a blended family and what we do in our family to continue to keep the joy around for everyone um some other things that we do um that you and i had talked about recently was um you know, we don't do double Christmases. And there's, mm. like, this, like, running joke that's, like, in movies and stuff. Like, oh, your parents are going to get a divorce. Yay, two Christmases. <laughs> Yay, two birthdays. Like, we don't really do that. We don't believe in that. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. Like, you know, our older two boys, they are very um, spoiled, I guess, is a, a plain term to use at their other house. Um we definitely run our houses very differently. Um, we value different things. Um, we don't put very much emphasis on um, on money and expensive things, superficial things. <clears throat> and at that house, they do. So, especially for the older boys, they, now that... You know, we have our kids here in our home. Cruz is your adopted son. He's my biological son. He doesn't leave the house anymore. Like, he is our child, and so is obviously the baby. So the only people who leave the house for holidays are your two older boys. And their other parent, you know, we don't parent with them because our values are so distinctly different. I mean, just complete opposite. So they get a lot of expensive you know, high ticket items. Um, and they put a lot of value on that. Like they want the Jordans, they want the, the, the very best PC. They want, um, you know, just the expensive, expensive stuff. And for them, it's something that we work with them is, you know, trying to get them to understand that the value, the monetary value of something is not where the value truly lies. It's really in, in, you know, 
the relationships and you know what we believe are the important things so when they go there they get a lot of stuff so if we were to send them there they get all this stuff and then we do that again here it's not really helping the cause of trying to teach them humility so we've always believed in in no two in not having two christmases even when Cruz would go to the other parent's house um it was a lot different then because they were really little so they didn't care too much about the superficial things now as they've gotten older they care a little bit more some put more emphasis on it than others um but we also put things in place throughout the year to help with that so you know we don't we don't um do double birthdays we don't do double christmases so if they have a birthday party and whatever at their parents at the other parents house like that's their birthday party for the year they come here and it's their birthday with us and we'll do a birthday you know we do a birthday party every year and then for christmas we you know only go um you know if they're with us for christmas then we do the thing um spend a little more or you know get you know go a little bigger um than if they weren't here and the things that we do throughout the year to keep those things in line um, is we give them allowance so that they have spending money throughout um, the month or the week. And we used to not do that. And that was one of the first lessons that we learned that like if we if we backpedal a little bit before the Christmas tradition of and the birthday traditions, it was, you know, we would go to the store if we went to AMPM or Target or wherever we went. We the kids always ended up with something in their hands. Like we we're spending so much money on like little trinkets. Like oh, I need this new Hot Wheels or this new action figure, and we spend so much money just on the little things. So we kind of put that put a, a nip that in the bud, and we started giving them allowance, and that's their money. They're spending money. And, you know, we put that into practice. They have to do their chores, work for their allowance, and have that money to spend. So they will buy the things that they want out of their own money that they worked for. We're not going and buying things all year round. But when it comes to birthdays and Christmas, that's when we spend a little bit more money and give them more of, like, what they've wanted or asked for or whatever. What do you think? Do you think that that's worked for us so far? Um, yeah, I think it. at first it's kind of hard f for a kid to wrap their mind around the fact that, like, they're only getting Christmas from one house. Or, you know, our older kids who leave, like, well, you guys didn't do Christmas for us, but over time and over the years, like, they've started to realize, like, oh, it doesn't make doesn't make much sense for one household to give me Christmas. Then I come over here and I expect another Christmas. Like, yeah, especially when you're like, they have brothers. And like, how awkward is that? I mean, it's not like we don't give them anything. Like, they still have their stockings. We give them a little something, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But not the like, oh, cool. Now I get a whole nother Christmas. Right, like, yeah. That would be doing a lot and not showing them like, um, or not teaching them and showing them the way to be humble and to be not so... A greedy is a word. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's just like the lack of gratitude almost. And it's just like an expectation. Like definitely there's, you know, at some times there was an expectation of like, okay, so what are we getting over here? Mm -hmm. Like when they were really, they'd be like, well, I'm going to ask my mom for this, but I'm going to ask you guys for this. So this <laughs> is what I want from you guys for Christmas. And I'm like, uh-uh, we're not doing, what, excuse me? But because for me, like, the fact that they even had Christmas list was like a wild concept to me. I just didn't grow up like that. Like, 
you know, I was lucky if I got a present. So, um, <laughs> for them to have those like expectations, yeah, we definitely had to like change that and, and kind of unparent what we believe is bad parenting. And it's, it's a lot, especially around holiday time when it's just like superficial things, I guess. Um, yeah, that's also, I mean, kind of the culture around Christmas that you have to kind of fight against, like everything on TV and the Christmas tree and all the presents and like the new bow on the car and like <laughs> it's everything that you see as a, I guess you would call it kind of an American, like <laughs> the subliminal messaging of like Christmas isn't Christmas unless you're getting X or Christmas isn't a full holiday Christmas unless there's a bunch of presents under the tree. Yeah, and I know. Not that that's what I believe in or you believe in, yeah. but that's what is pushed on a lot of us and the children. And, like, that's what they see growing up. And that's, like, kind of what they come to expect. So as you're the parents in this situation, parenting, in any situation, you have to, like, yes, the holiday is about giving. Like, I'm going to give you something because I love you. And I'm showing you that I love you mm. just through these gifts at this time and this is the end of the year and it's like our kind of a way you know it is the tradition of giving mm -hmm. and then you you go shopping with them and they have a little list of who they're giving and you that you walk them through that process and you're teaching them that this is a give and get type of thing where it should be like i gave mom a gift she gave me a gift and that's good enough like yeah that's like the traditional part of christmas the above and beyond and like multiple things like that's where the americanized version of christmas gets out of hand if you ask me but yeah i feel like it's just i mean obviously it's it's marketing it's corporate greed i mean there's so many underlying tones of like all of what you're saying and yes as parents who are not um who don't put a lot of value on monetary things yeah we're definitely working against the culture for sure and i think a big part of it is that we that with the older boys they you and i you know if anybody's been listening if you guys have been listening to our podcast long enough our story you know we haven't always been like this the, these parents the parents that are talking to you now we haven't always been these parents so like cruz had both of us at a pretty young age so we were able to like kind of raise him and mold him into what we believe into our values and the little one for sure and julian and jacob were a little bit out of out of reach they were younger but they weren't that young a lot of stuff was already instilled in them so if they're if you're a child who is raised to think that monetary items are what makes you valuable as a person it's very hard to undo that so you know we're trying to unparent some of that stuff and with the little ones like you're saying like you we're taking them and okay you've got your little 20 dollars, and we're gonna go pick out things for mom and your brothers and let's go find the exciting things to give them but it's also like the small moments of parenting are really critical in like the quiet moments like the other night we sat down and bubby wanted to have hot chocolate and we wanted to watch the fire and we just talked about what we liked about christmas like he's four years old his favorite thing about christmas was opening his presents but our favorite thing about christmas which we shared with him and i think is part of like teaching him values and like seeing a different perspective what we what we told him what our favorite parts were like the joy in your face when you opened your presents or for me it was when he gave me hugs to say thank you things like that so it's like those little quiet moments of of parenting that really stick with a kid when they're young 
and mold the way that they think and the what they come to expect. As the kids get older, it's not so much, and it's really hard to go against that. So, yeah, and it's. I think the difference in the older two and the younger two. The older two come from a divorce parenting at a very young age, and mm-hmm. two parents trying to make them happy by getting them a bunch of shit. Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. Typical divorce parent. Yeah. Or... Yeah, and it was... You know, it's like... in a single... Single dad, like... Would take them around... I mean, I am the single dad. That's who I'm talking about. <laughs> would take them everywhere I went with me. And I, let's say I'm going to the gas station to get X. Well, here you go. Here's a snack and a drink. And it just became ingrained in them that... When we go anywhere with dad, we go to the gas station yeah. and we get X mm-hmm. or we go to Target and while I'm buying the things I need, like, oh yeah, here's some Hot Wheels or here's a Nerf gun or whatever it is. It's the thing that keeps you, yeah, it's a, you know, it's nice to get your kids stuff, but when you do it every time you go somewhere. Yeah, it's expected. It's expected and it's, and it's, it's double because it's me and then their mom doing it. So right, as yeah. they're growing up, these things are expected. So yes, it's a lot of undoing of mm-hmm. what they've come to know and what the way we combated that you touched on it earlier was we're not going to get something every time we go out anymore you are going to earn money at the house by doing <laughs> chores and by you know keeping up with the expectations that we've set for them and therefore now they have their own money when we go out so oh you want x do you have money Oh, you already spent your 30 bucks on a video game at the beginning of the month? Then you don't have X to get, or you don't have money to get X, and now we're teaching them earned money and value and, you know, those lessons that come along with it. Yeah. So, yes, that is a lot of what they have been shown, taught, and... They're working against... (laughs) It's working against them now, but... Uh, through constant, you know, teaching these lessons and trying to show them that if you have a $50 pair of shoes and the guy next to you has a $150 pair of shoes, it doesn't make him any different than you. I mean, he may be more drippy, as the kids <laughs> like to say these days, more fly, yeah. more whatever. And yeah, somebody will probably notice and go, oh, those are nice shoes. But it's the, the you know, it's how you treat people, it's your character. And like, it's the way that you carry yourself that's going to go a lot longer and a lot further than the shoes you wore because five ten years from now nobody's going to remember what shoes you wore in high school yeah for sure i mean and that's i mean that's such a like mature thing and and they're immature i mean they're kids right they're not going to get that they're not going to get that for a while um and a lot of it is just leading by example like we're I'm not going to go buy super expensive stuff. Like, we have nice things, but we don't have, like, ridiculously expensive things. Like, okay, if I, you know, if I want to buy, there's a Walmart purse, there's, like, a Kate Spade purse, and there's, like, a Louis Vuitton purse, which is, like, okay, $10, $100, and, like, $3,000. Like, you know, there's, and we're also trying to teach them, like, the importance of having a priority list of the the things that you want to buy like if you have holes in your socks but you're rocking jordans like maybe you need to reevaluate your mm-hmm. situation you know um and just like trying to teach them those life lessons and a lot of it is you know there's little life lessons and all of the things that we do um in our house 
And a lot of it comes to play at Christmas time, just because there's a lot of money being spent at Christmas time. Um, so anyway, some of the other things that we've done, um, you know, we have a lot of traditions in our house um, that are just fun. I mean, little things that we like to do with the kids or for the kids. Um, a lot of it is based in culture. Like I'm, I'm Mexican, so we do a lot of, you know, we celebrate we have a big celebration on Christmas Eve, which we call Noche Buena, um, also Catholic. So it's like a Mexican Catholic thing. I know uh, other Catholics do it as well. Um, and for us, we have the kids, the older kids, for a full week during one or the other holiday. We don't have them for like a Christmas Eve and a Christmas Day. We'll have them for the full week during Christmas or the full week during New Year's. New Year's. So having that split week makes it a lot easier for us because it's not like we're jumping from one house to another on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day since we celebrate more on Christmas Eve. <coughs> we do we do, do something on Christmas Day. Um, and we have a lot of fun with Elf on Shelf. That's a big tradition in our house. Um, and um, we went ice skating this year. That was really fun. We do the Christmas tree lighting downtown. We walk Candy Cane Lane. Um, which is just a Christmas light street. We do a lot of hot cocoa. <laughs> a lot of hot cocoa and marshmallows get eaten and, and drink. Make cookies, gingerbread houses. I mean, we do all the typical Christmas tradition stuff. And sometimes all little boys are here for it, and sometimes they're not, and that's okay. That's just part of being in a blended family. Um, we don't want our little ones to ever feel left out, um, or like we're constantly waiting for their brothers to be around to participate in things. So... We try to make sure that there's um, at least equal amounts of FOMO on all sides <laughs> because the FOMO, I think, will always be there. Um, maybe not so much as they get older. They might not want to do the cutesy stuff, but, you know, that will just be another evolution of our family. Um, one big boundary that I thought of uh, when you had mentioned boundaries earlier was, do you remember when the kids were really little and we would you know we had the week on week off Christmas that's kind of always been that way mm -hmm. no matter what schedule changes but do you remember sometimes their mom would want to bring their Christmas presents here or bring gifts here for birthdays because she wanted they needed to have it on their birthday instead of just waiting to get it when they saw her next do you remember that yeah because she made such a like emphasis on like it's their birthday they need it today yeah and we're like no they, they don't need it today yeah. they'll be fine receiving it and opening it when they get back to your house or they get back in your presence like exactly like that was such you're a you're putting it on them they were never like i need to have all of my gifts today yeah and it i think it was more of like and it's and it's a lot it's it's still the same now because there's things that um you know they'll get or they'll order on Amazon and their mom like has to give it to them that day and I think there is a part of the kids like oh is it there yet is it there yet is it there oh no it's here it, it'll be here on this day and then it's there I'm like oh, okay and then they're like well do you think you could bring it to me like they do want it maybe not so much of like I have to have my birthday present on my birthday but like every once in a while they get an Amazon package ends up at her house they want it here um but that was a really big boundary that we really had a set and it's not so much for the kids but just for like ourselves as adults who have to deal with a narcissist on a constant basis is setting that boundary like no you cannot just show up at our house to give presents like that's 
or to do anything. <laughs> exactly, that's true too. But yes. um, you can they can wait, and I and and there's so much of of that situation that obviously was for us that just trickles down to them. Like they also need to learn how to wait. Hmm. Like instant gratification is just like one of the like little diseases in our culture now. I feel like with kids, like they have to have it in this moment right now. Yeah, and no, be- you don't. You can fucking wait. Because, uh, yes, it, it is a cultural thing and it's just a thing of our day and age where everything is accessible. Mm-hmm. They want to watch a video on YouTube, they can just type it in. They want to buy something on Amazon and we have Prime, it'll be here tomorrow or the next day. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so easily available and the system has created this, like you said, instant gratification and things yeah. come. And I now just, I need it all now. Well, when's it coming? When's it when, <laughs> Dad, I bought this thing. When's it showing up? Right. And they just can't freaking wait. Like, <laughs> so please, you guys. So, you know, putting that was, was really important to us and I, for our relationship, for sure. Because there's a there's a small part where it's like, ah, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Like, we're not doing anything. Like, she's doing all the work. She can bring it here. But then it's like, this is a person that was, we feel like we're constantly having to just deal with and it's never a positive interaction and why would we want that person in our safe space obviously we're not walking her welcoming her into our home but like we just don't need you here like just for our mental health just please just wait till they get to your house you don't need to be at our house and then teaching the kids that they need to wait and giving them something to look forward to that's also a good thing like it'll be there when you go to your mom's house like it's not like they've ever gone more than a couple of weeks to go to their mom's house they can wait um so that was that route was you mentioning the word boundaries reminded me of that earlier tonight when we were talking about it mm. and how like what a transition that was um and you know respecting our time with the kids as well was really big um wanting to be all up in the mix when they're with us um and just respecting our time with them like you don't need to know where they are at every single second of the day or you don't need to ask them what they're doing every every moment or every move they make and and feeling like that was disrespectful to our time with them like we're their parents they'll be fine they're safe they're happy let's just you know you can ask them when they get there (laughs) you know what they did um or give them the thing or the presents mm -hmm. and that's another thing like it when it came to holidays and you know it's not just christmas but like birthdays and everything else is like okay you got them all this stuff for their birthday but it's not your year with them or you got them all this stuff for christmas but it's not your year it's not your time like let them just live their life and then when they get back to your house or whatever the situation is you can celebrate then like just because you're not doing it on the specific day doesn't mean that you can't celebrate your child's birthday or your you know their whatever it is the christmas like right. it's okay you're not having it on december 25th but maybe you have it on the 27th or the 29th or the 30th yeah. whenever the hell they get back to your house it's not going to change the fact that you bought them something or that mm-hmm. i mean they're not they're old enough to this point there is no santa in their life anymore you are <laughs> santa they get like there's that that part of it went out the window when <laughs> we separated they're never going to be together with both of us in the same place for Christmas. Like, it's just never going to happen again. So, either you're going to have them this year or you're going to have them next year. But it will happen. <laughs> yeah. 
but trying to make it all make sense and the, the, putting all the in, the energy and effort into trying to make it happen on that specific day. It just doesn't work in a blended family situation. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, too, is is having to let go of that. Hmm. Because for us, too, you know, if you try to look at it on the other side, um, you know, we have a very particular situation. Um, and unfortunately, um, a lot of people are starting to realize that they are dealing with narcissism in their co-parenting situation. Um, but for anybody who's not, like... It's okay that you're not going to celebrate your son's birthday on his actual birth date. It's just a day on a calendar. The important is the important part is spending time with them and making them feel special um, on a day that you're together. So you know if if it's if it's something that keeps you up at night, like try to let it go. It's not that serious. You know your kid is going to be grateful. For whatever situation you can make happen and it a, you know a birth date is just a day on a calendar it, that's really all it is you know don't stress yourself out over these little things that are not going to be that important later down the line because whether you celebrate your kid's birthday on their actual birth date or the Saturday afterwards in 20 years all they're gonna remember is like oh this is what we did for my birth for my 10th birthday like they're not gonna remember what date was on just like birthday parties aren't always on the kid's birth date but they still have a good time. So, you know, don't stress too much about it. Um, so moving on. So we've talked about boundaries that we had to establish because we deal with a narcissist. We talked about some of our traditions. Um, what are some other things that you think are very specific to blended families during holiday time? So one of part of uh, when, you, when we talk about boundaries, one of the things that I think of a lot of times is like, there's a lot of pressure around uh, social events around the holidays, like mm. showing up for Thanksgiving or showing up for Christmas at so-and-so's house. Mm. Like, the family's going to so-and-so's house. Mm. Like, is there something that we don't like about so-and-so? Is there mm. a reason why <laughs> we don't go to their house on a normal day? Like, would we ever just go to blah, blah, blah's house? Mm. And then most of the family, it's like, yeah, and I mean, not necessarily our family is who I'm, like, talking about, but just in a situation, especially for us, I mean, there's another layer to our situation of being sober, and... Yeah, it's a different level, a different reason for the boundary sometimes. (laughs) Exactly, it's like, what happens when the family gets together over at at so-and-so's house, does (laughs) Uncle Jimmy just get drunk and act a fool, and does that trigger me does that cause anxiety does that something we don't want our kids to be around like yeah so there's just when i think about the holidays a lot of times i always (laughs) i go back to this meeting or this this uh fellowship meeting i was at and this i overheard this girl talking to somebody and she was like oh man i have to go to my family's house tomorrow and it's gonna be so you know I'm going to be triggering or be filled with so much anxiety (laughs) because blah, 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 that this person gets drunk and these people do these things. Mm -hmm. And in the back of my mind, or talking to myself, I'm going, you don't have to. Yeah, (laughs) I bet someone at the meeting said that, right? No, nobody said anything. Oh, really? It wasn't at a meeting. It was at like a barbecue type thing. So it was just like open conversation. Oh, okay. But still, I'm overhearing it. And in the back, (laughs) anytime I hear somebody say these type of phrases, like, I have to go to blah, blah, blah. What do you mean? What do you mean I have to? Yeah. Like you feel obligated to like what happens if you don't 
Yeah. They're going to be upset. They're going to wonder where you are. Okay, but what's more important? Your peace of mind, your mental health, not being triggered, like not... Keep staying sober. <laughs> staying clean. Staying clean, <laughs> staying sober. Just even if you aren't clean or sober, like even if you just go to Aunt Peggy's house every year on Thanksgiving, but you hate it. Yeah, right. But you're just going because it's family. You're yeah. just going because that's what the tradition is. That's what everybody does. Like, okay, but <laughs> at what cost? And yeah. oh, and cousin, you know, uh, Fred's gonna be there, and I can't stand him, mm-hmm. but be, I have to go and endure that for the rest of the family. Like, there's just like just boundaries that you put up, you can put up, or just things you're just not gonna go do yeah. around the holidays, around you know, let's say it's New Year's, like. Even if, what if you don't even like staying up till midnight? I know. And you're going to go to a New Year's party just to suffer through it just to be a part of it? Yeah, for sure. That's where I like, we have boundaries and stuff. Like, we're going to a New Year's party tomorrow. Yeah. But we may not, we may make it till 10 o'clock. I know. We even talked about (laughs) that. Like, okay, don't be surprised if we don't stay the whole night because I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like, I'm just going to be tired. And that's, and that's, yeah, and that's our conversation. And we will probably have that conversation with our kids before we even go. Yeah, exactly. At least with our, you know, 12 year old, like, hey, if we don't feel like staying till midnight, don't be surprised if we're like, hey, we're going home. Yeah. And if you want to stay up till midnight and enjoy the New Year's by yourself, you know. With your brothers? Or, well, they may be, a, you know, with their brothers or whatever, or leave them there. Like, yeah. They're mature enough to stay at our family's, you know, party. Yeah, like, they're around the corner. That's close to the house, yeah. So, hey, we don't feel like staying up. If you want to stay here, okay, cool. One of somebody will come get you, or I'll come back and get you, or whatever. Like, it's just we have these conversations before we go to events. Yeah. Especially staying sober that if anytime we feel uncomfortable we just talk to each other we give each other the look the word whatever it is like hey i'm ready to go it's not even like a question of like well why what's going on like it's just we know we already have that ingrained in each other that at any point anytime one of us needs to get out of there we'll make it happen so that's just my advice to anybody out there that has a lot of anxiety or family issues or you know things that happen around the holidays that you just don't want to go do or you you know that it's going to suck or whatever like you don't have to do it <laughs> and it, i just hear it all the time from coworkers, family friends it's just they go do things that it's just this is where i'm supposed to be because i've always been here the family does it whatever the situation is and i just am always want to jump in and be like hey you don't have to do that <laughs> and you can and you should I, I know i do to some people but like when there are people that i'm not super cool with and i'm like oh yeah you know you don't have to go do that but have you ever heard the word boundaries <laughs> yeah and and it's you know it's well the beautiful thing about uh mental health becoming such a like hot topic i guess you could say is people are getting it now like maybe not everybody's comfortable with saying like hey grandma i'm not coming thanksgiving because uncle jim really makes me uncomfortable like maybe but like i'm just not feeling good i'm i'm you know i've been sick i'd rather just stay home you know like you can make up a little white lie to get yourself (laughs) out of exactly right (laughs) and and get yourself out of these situations you don't need to be in whether it's family-related, sobriety-related, whatever the fuck. If you just don't feel like going, don't fucking do it. It's not worth your mental health. Um, so, you know, in, in our... You know, that's something that's not necessarily specific to a blended family, but definitely specific to us and families who give a shit about their mental health. Um, 
and are trying to do right and also like doing that shit like teaches your kids the same thing like we learned a long time ago not to put up with family members who make us feel inferior or make us feel uncomfortable or do things that we just 100% do not agree with and we've taught our kids that like you just because someone is related to you doesn't mean you have to deal with their bullshit like you get to put your foot down and that was you know a really big learning lesson for us as a family so when you put up these boundaries like you're teaching your kids to do the same thing and you're empowering your kids to do the same thing and even if you're in a relationship and only one of you knows how to do that like you're teaching and empowering and showing the other person the way to do these things and it just spreads the joy and peace and whatever to the rest of the family and it it really is a magical thing and that's where a lot of these generational curses and generational traumas and all these things that like are really hot topics in um on social media and just in our world and our culture today like these things are so beneficial and and you're learning so much about what you can and what you should put up with and then teaching the kids and then they'll teach their kids and then you know hopefully one day we'll have a society that really just cares about feelings and kindness and you know that's a whole (laughs) Dream. <laughs> it's a whole another podcast right um, <laughs> but yeah that's that's huge like us going through things but also showing our children how we're going through them how we're dealing with them how they affect us like just the, the openness that we try to carry to our children so they know like oh it's not just like mom and dad are these statuesque people that just do all this stuff and go to work and take care of us and like that's all we do like Mm -hmm. we're human beings too and we're affected by things and the way people treat us matters and the way that we treat people matters and the way that we treat you guys as our children matters and the way we want you to you know the communication and the mental health and like you know are we happy are we healthy are we what's bothering us are we are we taking care of our mental health are we going to therapy are we doing all of these things that yes you see on the instagrams and the facebook and how mental health is becoming more talked about more aware like yes we embrace all of that we do all of those things and we are doing them with our children and walking hand in hand with them so that ties into the boundaries and what we're doing where we're going who we're who we as a family are putting ourselves around Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of awareness there for us and our kids and it's it's great that we can show them the way yeah absolutely i mean that was really beautiful and you know this whole journey for us has been really just trying to find the peace within our house and within our little family, you know, there's six of us now, and all we ever really strive for is to have, you know, open communication, to be transparent with each other, and to be kind and respectful. And there's no way that we can achieve that without emulating that when we're out in public with other people and not just in our house. Um, kindness needs to be shared, and respect goes a really long way in teaching our kids that. Um, and we do that in all the things that we do and as far as the way that we parent them the way that we value family over money the way that we value faith and God over monetary things I mean there's so much that we are teaching our kids just by practicing even if some things don't necessarily get said in the moment we're teaching them we're showing them the way and you know it's 
it's something that not just blended families do and deal with. You know, this is something that even if we weren't a blended family, I would hope that we would still want to have these same goals. It just has been put under a microscope because there's outside pressures that we deal with as a blended family. And it's almost like there's this like crunch period, this crunch time of trying to make things work um, and make things last as long as the us, the couple, intend them to. So thank you guys for listening. We hope you have a good new year. Happy new year. Um, please keep listening. Um, we'd love to continue sharing any wisdom and hope and inspiration. Uh, we do have some guests coming up, so please be on the lookout. Um in this 2024 new year um our podcast is just going to keep growing getting better and we appreciate you happy new year yeah thank you for joining us and we will see you next year